SGP Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And we're brought to you by our Patreon. It's Dave and Brad. We're talking Dynasty. And we want you to be able to score exclusive perks using our Patreon contest and content, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app and get last-minute tickets at the lowest guaranteed price. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. What's going on? We got some huge, huge news today. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Expo is awesome. Shout out to Bob Long and everyone that was there. Des Bryant. Uh, don't want to get too much into the Expo, but I will say it's an awesome time. Met a lot of awesome people. And if you have not gone there, you should probably go do that. Um, got to hang out with Mr. Brad. And so appreciated that. Brad, how are you today? Oh, doing pretty good. Back to reality, unfortunately, though. We were down there in Canton for three days, living it up, talking football nonstop without a care in the world, and then back to work today. So so well, luckily, we're back to football again. And so we're back, and some big news. So if you haven't heard already, Dalvin Cook has an intent to sign with the Jets up to $8.6 million. I don't know the full details of the contract. For Ezekiel Elliott, he signed about an hour earlier to the New England Patriots. He announced it himself. He's going to be number 15, and he got a $3 million base salary, $1 million sign-on bonus, so $4 million guaranteed. Pretty good money, especially with the running back market these days, and then up to $6 million with incentives. So, Brad, the first question is, what are your what are your thoughts if you just drafted Ramondre Stevenson in your league uh, about you know the second third round? I'm a little disappointed, but not as much as maybe a New York Jets fan may be right now. Mainly because Ramondre Stevenson carrying, I mean, 88 targets the guy got last year. 88. Zeke had like 22 or 23 targets last year. He's not taken that workload away from Ramondre Stevenson. So the floor is there for Ramondre. The ceiling may not be now because of some of the bulk goal line carries that may end up going to Zeke now. So I am a little disappointed. But if I ended up drafting Ramondre Stevenson in the third or the fourth round of a, of a, a dynasty startup draft, I'm not really too worried about it long term necessarily. Yeah, for me, if I, I'm still targeting him in my redrafts, and obviously for Dynasty, I'm still uh, targeting him. But I will say this does lower his upside, but in the future, it'll probably lower the cost. So those of you that were buying him at kind of the premium, that is what hurts. It's because you are buying him that. He's probably going to drop about a round. I would say he goes in the fourth or fifth round now, closer to like Alexander Madison, you know, Miles Sanders type of a deal. 
and not up there in the top 11, 12 running backs. And uh, it was funny because I was really, really wanting him today. Came around the turn. I'm like, all right, give me Najee Harris from Andre Stevenson. I'm fine. My buddy double tapped Najee Harris from Andre Stevenson. And I was like, damn. All right. <laughs> I missed out on Stevenson. Uh, but then the news happened. And then Dalvin Cook goes to the Jets. Brees Hall obviously coming off of an ACL injury. And we talked about injuries last week. And we've all got kind of numb to the ACL injury. Like it's nothing. Like it's like sprained ankle ACL, pretty much the same thing. They're not. ACL is a significant injury, even if it's a clean tear with no other ligaments. Typically, a player is not at 100% to start the season. Um, it's a 9- to 12-month recovery time. And you do have the potential for other, you know, calf, lower body, uh, you know, hamstring, quad. That leg tends to get hurt with soft tissue injuries, and they usually are up to full speed by the end of the year. What are your thoughts here if you have Brees Hall, who's also going around the 10 to 12 yeah, I'm, ter- I'm terrified. I mean, look, you look at Dalvin Cook. He had his second most carries in his career last year. 264 carries for almost 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. So a lot of that bell cow work could end up going to Dalvin Cook to try to protect Brees Hall, who is clearly a future for the New York Jets in that organization. But not only that, 56 targets, Dave, 56 targets. So this dude is an all-purpose back. We saw it as early as last year in a really good season for Dalvin Cook, a top 12 from a fantasy perspective. I think he was number 10, number 11, depending on your scoring format. So that terrifies me for Brees Hall this year. Now, it is a one-year deal, long-term, not a huge deal. So... That buying window may open up a little bit right now. And right now is the time to strike because people are going to start to panic. If you, The longer you wait, the more they're going to calm down, the more they're going to be like, it's okay, it's only a year. But if you can hit while strike while the iron is hot, you might be able to get him at a fairly reasonable price. Yeah, and so um, you still got other running backs on the market, and now you're seeing the dominoes fall. And so you could see Kareem Hunt, who's bounced around to several different teams. He's visited with the Saints, the Colts, the Vikings. He could end up going somewhere. And um, your your teams, like the, the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins, that everyone has thought was going to get one, it's get, the future's getting a little brighter and brighter for those guys. And um, whether it's Devon A. Chain or, or Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, James Cook, um, Damian Harris, those guys, you know, obviously injury is a huge part of this, but if as long as everybody can stay healthy, all those guys are looking a lot better now that Ezekiel Elliott and Kareem, you know, and uh, Dalvin Cook are not going there. But we still have Leonard Fournette lurking, Kareem Hunt lurking, Daryl Henderson out there as well. And we could see some players be cut when we see some uh, different, different moves, things like that. But let's get into the main portion of the show. Brad, can you talk a little bit about what the consistency rankings are? Oh, for sure. So we took a look at just kind of the average of a big group in each position. So for the uh, quarterback position, we looked at the top 35, took the average of that, and then said, okay, what was a good game? What was a great game? What was a bust game? And then we said, okay, we we really want to see what percentage of games played a player was in the good and the great range. That's really what you want to see. You don't want those bust games. 
You want that consistency. So we looked at the top 35 for the quarterback position. We looked at the top 75 for the running back position. We looked at the top 100 for the wide receivers, and we looked at the top 40 for the tight ends to get those averages and kind of weighed out how we wanted to see that consistency. Again, we broke it into three tiers, a bust category, a good or average category, and a great category. So you you see me sporting my Cleveland Browns here, right? We talk about Nick Chubb. We've been talking about all these running backs that are signing. I have made a point since I've moved to Northeast Ohio to go see my Brownies at least a couple times every single year. Last year, I spent $275 for tickets in the lower section. Absolutely astronomical. Super stressful trying to talk my wife into that. But now there is a much better way to buy tickets. And that is game time. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for any and all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can now stop stressing over all the tickets and start getting hyped for all that fun you have. So I just used this this past weekend talking to my buddy saying, all right, guys, what game are we going to go to? We want to go see the Brownies kick the living crap. Plug your ears. I don't want to use curse words on here. Kick the crap out of the Cincinnati Bengals. And guess what? I found tickets almost the exact same spot for almost $100 cheaper than I spent last year for a team that's got Deshaun Watson for a whole season. I thought I was going to pay out the rear end. So you've got to go to game time. It is the last minute, the last place that, or the first place you should check for last minute ticket deals. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. So download the app, Create an account and use our code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. The terms do apply. And again, all you got to do is create an account and use our redemption code of SGPN for $20 off. So download the Game Time app today or go to GameTime.co, not GameTime.com, GameTime.co for the lowest price guaranteed. That sounds good. I'm looking at a... Looking at some Colts tickets. We'll see what we'll do. Um, so we got uh, we got the consistency rankings for the quarterbacks. So the first one up is Patrick Mahomes. No big surprise. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Mahomes and Hurts were the only only players to average 25-plus points um, per game. Um, they have Joe Burrow, Geno Smith, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones sneaking in there, Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, and then Tom Brady, who obviously is not here anymore as far as the uh, NFL. So what are your big takeaways out of the top 12? Uh, out of the top 12? Oh, the, the consistency is not as good as what we may have thought, right? You look at guys like Justin Herbert down in the, you know, close to the 50%. 
you know, 59%. That's not great from a consistency standpoint when you're looking at the number of bus games that he had last year. Now, you can kind of talk that out of existence if you want. Well, he had Keenan Allen hurt some. Well, he had Michael Mike Williams hurt a little, and they brought in a new offensive coordinator. You want to see that jump a little bit in consistency. That's the narrative right now. So do you take the advantage of Justin Herbert and that consistency being a lot lower last year than it has been historically for him, and the new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, the new addition of Quentin Johnston, and say, you know what, that consistency has to go up, and his ADP around like the QB8 may be worth the shot right now, and you could still end up with a top-five quarterback in Justin Herbert. So I'm looking over there at Dak Prescott, and you talked about Herbert and how you know the Kellen Moore – connection Dak Prescott's production that offense that Dak Prescott was in is now being translated over there to the Chargers so we could see more consistency obviously having healthy pieces around him Herbert had a left tackle out for half the season had both his top receivers out for half the season and he was hurt since week two and so I I had a lot of excuses um but we'll we'll see how he does next year um I do like the Kellen Moore and then Dak Prescott was 75% 75% good and great. That's good for Dak as well as good for Justin Herbert. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm a, I, I don't know how I feel about Dak right now. I moved Dak this season because of the change in the offensive coordinator and losing Zeke, a little, you know, Pollard coming off the leg injury, although all reports are just glowing around him. I just think there's a potential for a little bit of regression from him and it worries me just a smidge. He lost his security blanket in Dalton Schultz as well and people don't really talk about that a whole lot where we've seen Dak not be great when Dalton Schultz was hurt. So, I worry a little bit about Dak from a consistency standpoint. I think he's going to be a little bit more volatile because of the loss of Dalton Schultz and Kellen Moore as the offensive play caller. So, what's interesting to me is if you look at everybody after Herbert Tom Brady's out of the league. Aaron Rodgers changed team. Lamar Jackson's got a new offensive coordinator. Tua, things are staying the same. Russell Wilson, new offensive coordinator. Derek Carr changes team. Dak Prescott, new offensive coordinator. Kyler Murray probably misses about half the season. Marcus Mariota's a backup. Davis Mills about to be a backup. Andy Dalton, backup. Mac Jones, I'll give him a pass because he literally had two defensive coordinators trying to figure out how to play offensive coordinator. Like on the job training in the NFL, um, not not the way to go, not the way to go. But like, like seriously, like guys, come on. This was, that was really bad for Mac Jones development. Hopefully Bill O'Brien can write the ship for Mac Jones. Um, Jacoby Brissett backup, Jimmy Garoppolo. He changed teams, Matt Ryan out of the league. I mean, you just see what I'm saying? Like these consistency that keeps your job. And that just, that not only is from an offensive coordinator standpoint, and I, I know fantasy points isn't necessarily a depiction of what exactly is going on in the NFL, but come on. Like, I yeah, just went through the whole right. list. Two is the only one in the same situation at, outside of the top 11. Yeah, there is one that I want to pick your brain a little bit about because going through some of these uh, redraft or best ball leagues, seeing Kyler Murray's consistency at 82% saying, okay, yeah, he may start on the pup, but hey, what if you get nine games at the back end of the season of Kyler Murray 
returning to form. Is that something you're willing to take the shot on? Do you trust that that's going to happen? Or are we worried that Kyler Murray may just end up getting the pine the entire season just from a protection standpoint? From a redraft standpoint, I'll stay away from Kyler Murray. If he's your second quarterback and you're kind of taking your shots, yeah, I'll take the the shot on him over you know Mac Jones and take the upside because I, if I have a starter that can get me through those six to nine games, I just I'm worried that there's probably not going to be a lot of running. You get him back off of injury, the team's probably going to be in pretty bad shape by then. I mean, they got my Giants uh, week two, so they're definitely getting an L there. Um, but I I think that they're probably going to maybe sneak one win before Kyler returns, if not be winless. And then what's the point of putting him out there and trying to go, you know, be 500. Um, but for a dynasty standpoint, he is a massive buy low. He is a perfect, perfect candidate. If you have a team and you're rebuilding, you want to trade a veteran for him. You know, you trade, you could trade a lot of these guys for him right now, but you trade Dak Prescott for Kyler Murray plus Kirk Cousins for Kyler Murray. I mean, you can get you can get him on the cheap right now, and then you're gonna have a, a monster squad in two years when you have him plus a first or him plus a second. Yeah, there might be a couple other guys that I mean, obviously the rookies aren't on this list, but a couple other guys that didn't make the cut because they didn't really play enough games that are going to be starting quarterbacks this year and Desmond Ritter and uh, Sam Howell. So do you, you know, I know we're, we're talking consistency, but do you think either of them could be a 50% consistent type of quarterback and why? Well, if you look at it, I mean, you got a new offensive coordinator in Washington, so it's hard to look at what Carson Wentz did, but I look at what Marcus Mariota did. And so this is why I thought Desmond Ritter would have been a, a really good Scott Fishbowl pick. Uh, by looking at Mar- Marcus Mariota's scoring. And Ritter's not going to run as much, but I-, I think he's set up for success in that offense. They don't ask him to do a whole lot. And he's got some he's got some rushing ability. He's got some weapons. And then most important, he's got a good offensive line. And so, um, you know, if you haven't seen Arthur Smith went to the mustache this year, so he's upgraded himself. And so um, I-, I just, I think things are going to be good for him this year. Um, not just the mustache, but I think this team steadily progressed. I think they have a good shot at winning the division. And you want fantasy football, you want your fantasy football players on winning teams on good offenses. I think this is going to be an okay offense. Bijan Robinson's a great addition. You get Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Um, they still got Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, and a great offensive line. So I look at that, and that's what I see. As I translate what Mariota did, I think Ritter's better. I think he can do just do just as good, if not better, than him. Yep, I love that. And I'm a, you know, I'm as much as I liked Sam Howell coming out, I thought he got crapped on a little too much after, uh, you know, his junior season where he lost both his running backs, his offensive line, three of his wide receivers, the whole shebang. But if you look at the offense that Ron Rivera was running, his quarterbacks are right there at number 30 and 31, and Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz, guys at 33 and 38%. That is that is not good from a consistency standpoint. So you hope that the addition of Eric Bieniemy coming in and saying, "Okay, let's figure out how to use Sam Howe," could bump those numbers a little bit. But that is a one hundred percent projection. 
and maybe not a shot worth taking in redraft leagues. Uh, If we're talking dynasty, which most of the time we are on this show, I still don't know if I'm willing to take that shot on him right now. I had him in a couple leagues. I ended up moving him in both of them. Even though coming into the season, the offseason, I was kind of high on Sam Howell. The more I looked, the more I worried, the more I was like, ah, just I'm not comfortable with it. Let me sell while I know he's a starting quarterback. Is he a guy you're you're looking at saving? Are you trying to sell him? Like where where's your head at with Sam Howell? Well, I'll, I'll tell you about Sam Howell in a second. Um, we got an exclusive for you guys. That's, if you sign up for our Patreon, you get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Wins Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize. So I want to make sure you guys know about that. Um, we also got a season-long contest. They also have week, week-long contests that are exclusive for Patreons. We have uh, plus a monthly SGP uh, Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. There's even a Discord channel just for our Patreons. We also have uh, – you can – uh, the only way to prevent uh, corporate gambling is to to help guys like us uh, do your part and sign up today. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com, backslash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com, backslash Patreon. So Sam Howell, with with him, I mean, for me, it's uh, at the end of the day, uh, you can make a story for all of these guys to have a good season. But at the end of the day, there's only going to be 15 guys in the top 15. There's going to have to be another, you know, um, 17 guys that don't don't make that cut. And so it's really hard for me to make that story for Sam Howell. I know he had one good game last year as far as fantasy production, but most of that was based on the fact that he scored a rushing touchdown. And he had his passing was not good. It was it wasn't good. I think it was completed 10 passes, had like 130 yards, and then he happened to have 35 rushing and uh rushing TD. And so I'm not very high on Sam Howell this year. I do like the weapons, but I, I still think that um you know, it's going to be a struggle. And I do think they, they lean on the running game there in the enemy offense. You're not going to see um, a Patrick Mahomes style on offense there. He was the run game coordinator. He had nothing to do with the passing game. Yep. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how right, it goes. Talk, you ready to move on to the run back? Let's start running backs. And can you tell we'll us um, how it's sorted as well? Yeah. So it's sorted based on final fantasy uh, point finishes. Uh, based coming from Fantasy Pros. So just typical half-point PPR uh, based on yardage and touchdowns, fumbles, that kind of thing. No crazy scoring or anything like that. So the numbers on the left of your screen are all about just their final finish in fantasy football rankings, Uh, whereas, like I said, the great average and bust is all based on, for the running back position, uh, the top 75 Uh, In order to have a great game, again, this is half-point PPR, so don't get crazy. Uh, It's greater than 18 points for an average game or a good game. It is between 9 points and 18 points, and then anything less than 9 points is what we are considering a bust game. Yeah, and I love what you did here because this is exactly what I think about when like, we had our conversation last week. And, you know, you look at end-of-season scoring, and it's all about, like, how do they get there? You know, a lot of times, you know, Kirk Cousins ends up as a top 10 guy because he outlasted everybody. And, you know, um, if your team doesn't play in week 17 or you miss two or three games, yeah, like you're going to outlast. Like that's why like Andy Dalton sometimes would end up like higher in the list than he should be. And so I look at points per game basis, but I'm also looking at other things. Like there's a lot of guys like, like we talked about, like Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones. Sometimes it's hard. Like you don't see back to back weeks. 
of good production, yeah. and, and that's frustrating for your lineup. But they end up in the top ten, and it's like the ADP is going to say to grab them. They're going to be at the top of that best available board for a long time. Going okay, and you're like, well, he finished his nine last year. I'm going to pick him up. So um, Eckler and McCaffrey extremely consistent. Josh Jacobs was not as consistent as I thought, 71%, but still pretty good. Henry, 75. Chubb, 76. Saquon, 81. Um, And then you have Tony Pollard at 69, and he essentially was the backup. Um, Then Jamal Williams was also backup. Um, We'll see what his role is. Aaron Jones, 53%. Um, Then Ramondre Stevens, 71. Mixon actually higher, 73. What are your thoughts on the top 12? Uh, nothing is super surprising to me. We all kind of knew Jamal Williams was that touchdown guy. If he didn't get those couple touchdowns, he wasn't catching the ball a ton. He, he kind of crushed you from a fantasy standpoint, which is why you see those six games as a bust. Uh, I think the surprising one for me is Aaron Jones, because I had somebody asked me before I started looking at this, like how many games do you think that Aaron Jones really kind of screwed fantasy squads? I would not have said half the season uh, with a top 10 finish like what we saw with Aaron Jones because typically he's a fairly consistent player from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, So that was very shocking to me and made me think a little bit about, okay, what do we think the Green Bay Packers could look like this year with Jordan Love now at the helm? Are they going to lean on Aaron Jones more? Are they going to continue to try to integrate A.J. Dillon? Or are they going to kind of move away from him? Are they going to try to? Are they going to move to more of a pass-first type of offense? Like, what is that offense going to look like? And it actually raised a little bit of concerns for me from Aaron Jones because I think you're going to a less, what I believe is going to be a less productive quarterback in Jordan Love with a ton of youth at the wide receiver position. So teams are likely to look at it and say, you know what, we're just going to shut down the run and make Jordan Love beat us which is going to make it even more challenging for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So I, I do have a little bit of concern for Aaron Jones moving into the 2023 season. Yeah, and he was the one that I, I mentioned his inconsistency at the same time I mentioned his consistency uh, last week. I said he's consistently in the top 10 at the end of the season, four years in a row. Like There's not many other backs that do that. But I said he was not very consistent last year, and Brad gave me a T. Higgins. What? <laughs> and, and, you know, he's just a guy that a lot of people don't think about that. I had someone put a post up on Facebook was like Aaron Jones screaming value right now. And I was like, I'm not trying to poo poo on your post, but why he's being drafted at like RB 16. And you're, you're like, what's the profit? Yep. You're not going to get him. He's not going to be above RB, you know, 16, 17, many times. So like last year he was RB 28, then RB two. Then he was RB52, then RB19, RB32, RB27. This is in PPR. Yep. RB4, RB12, two good weeks in a row. You finally, I, I'm getting comfortable. RB30. Then RB4, RB15, RB11, his best stretch of the season. Then RB28, then the bye week right before your fantasy football playoffs. In your fantasy football playoffs, he gave you RB11. Then he gave you RB42. Then you're probably kicked out. And then he came yep. back RB16. And he finished off RB32. And so it was just uh, it was a rocky road for him, minus that one little stretch. Yep. Anybody that stands out to you that was further down the list, um, 
Najee Harris. The hate on Najee Harris is real about how inefficient he is and blah, blah. Like, look, this dude is a stud. 82% of the time you can count on him in your lineup. 82% of the time. He gave you less bus games than the number three overall running back in Josh Jacobs. Less bus games than Nick Chubb, who is my man. Derek Henry, like the list goes on and on. The only people that busted less than he did in the top of this list are Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. Like that's the tier that you're looking at. Najee Harris possibly being in, right? And we saw him with over 300 plus touches his his rookie season. He turned around. We saw a little drop in production with Mac, with, uh, Mac Jones. Oh my God. I can't believe I did that. Kenny Pickett at the helm. We hope that we see growth from that rookie quarterback moving into year two in the same system with the same offensive coordinator. They've addressed some of the offensive line issues. So just think about this. Najee Harris with as bad as the Pittsburgh Steelers offense was last year was a good or great running back 82% of the time. If there's even a slight uptick in that offensive performance, you're looking at easily a top 10 running back. And I mean, easily a top 10 running back. So I think he's a screaming value right now. I think people are sleeping on him entirely too much. And this just solidifies that fact for me. Yeah. There's only about five or six backs that you look at and say, this guy's probably going to get like that. Probably this guy's going to get 20 plus touches and now he's on that list. And so everybody we've brought on the show, Eric Moody, Marcus Grant, Michael Florio, all of them have said the same thing. It's like he's just a value. And maybe he's not as efficient as some of these other guys. And he's not going to get the targets he got as a, as a rookie. But a healthy Najee Harris and an improved offensive line, the only concern I have is Matt Canada sticking around. That would have been like the, the real you know helpful thing. But uh, Calvin Austin looks good. They added Darnell Washington as another, as another blocker, another weapon. Um, you know, George Pickens here too. I think this offense will be better. Um, and Najee Harris is going to be the best piece. And then, so, uh, I was really looking at like, look at 16 and 17, Ken Walker, who people kind of look at as like a boom bust player, 73%. Travis Etienne was really good last year. Only 47% of the time though. That's tough. It is. There's, there's a couple I really like in the 20 to 30 range. James Conner, if if you need a piece, go look at it. And people will say, well, yeah, but Kyler Murray and he's going to be out. Okay, so let's, let's just talk through what James Conner did when Kyler Murray was out. RB4, RB5, RB12, RB4, RB15. That was his final five games of the season. That is massive value at that position. There is nobody on that team that is taking carries or receptions away from James Conner. I get it. We like Keontae Ingram. He might take some work, but some work to me means like a 80-20 split, if that. Like, I think James Conner is a screaming value for that last piece that you may need that you can get absolutely dirt cheap. And his consistency was really good. 69% 
He was more consistent with Kyler Murray out of the lineup than he was with Kyler Murray in the lineup, right? So I think that's something, a narrative you can play in your own head right now, the where you can get a guy in your lineup for the first five, six weeks, and maybe even the entire season, based on what we talked about a little bit earlier, how Arizona may just say, you know what, we're going to play it safe with our franchise quarterback, and we're not going to rush him back if we're out in the season anyway. So James Conner is number one. The other one, I think, is Damian Pierce. Looking at that 69%, that's that's really nice. I think the one concern that you have to at least think about is does the new addition to the running back room affect his performance? Does some of those carries, do some of those carries go to Devin Singletary, the backup now there in Houston? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but you saw Damian Pierce start to break down a little bit towards the end of the season, right? So I think that's what Houston saw. That's why they brought somebody in that can take some of that workload off of Damian Pierce. And that may actually help his consistency because now instead of getting hurt five plays into a game, he might be able to last throughout the entire season. So I think Damian Pierce is a guy you should think about in your dynasty leagues or in startup dynasty drafts of somebody that could potentially be a value uh, way down the list down here right now. Yeah. Well, let's, let's move on to the, uh, let's move on to the receivers. All right. And so um, we'll talk about the scoring here. Uh, okay, so the scoring for the wide receivers, again, we took the top 100 wide receivers, a great game. Again, this is half point PPR based on the averages. A great game would be greater than 17 half point, uh, half point PPR points. Uh, a good game would be t- be between eight and a half and 17, and a bust game would be less than eight and a half points. And so your your guys here at the top, Tyreek Hill was was looks like the most consistent. Um, Justin Jefferson probably expect that to be a little bit higher. Um, and they have AJ Brown. Remember, this is a combination of good and great games. Um, some of the guys with you know really great games, but they have a few of those not as good games. We'll, we'll weigh this out. Um, AJ Brown, I thought you know for him, if he didn't score a touchdown or two, he had 100 yards. And so it was like every week. And so I, I I think, you know, it was A.J. Brown and then a combination of either Dallas Goddard or De- Devonta Smith. You didn't necessarily see all three pop off every week, but it was A.J. Brown for me. It was like it's every. I mean, yep. drafted him today, even though I hate drafting Eagles. I had to because he's right there and, and he's just, it was locked and loaded. And it was, uh, he was an inconsistent player in Tennessee, um, mostly because of injury, but also because of the offense. Um Looking at, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, uh, he he's at 69%, almost 70%. Uh, really, really consistent guy that was supposed to not do anything once uh, TJ Hawkinson came back and once everybody got back. You know, it was kind of all these excuses for what he did his rookie year. And he just – he was really good last year. And, um, I mean, how many uh, – was it was uh, five bus games. That's one of the yeah. lower, lower bus yeah. games. Say that again. Sorry. One of the lower number of bus games there. I mean, look at AJ oh, Brown yeah. had three. Tyreek Hill only had two. I mean, most people had most people had around five bus games. Um, if you had less than that, then that's really freaking good. Devonta Smith. I mean, Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Jamar Chase. There's not many people. T. Uh, T. Higgins. Not many people that were below 
below that mark. T. Higgins, my yeah. man. So, so you talked about AJ Brown is the one that jumped off for you. Tyreek Hill was the one for me. Like it's just every single week this dude is destroying. The low number of bus games for him is impressive, considering he's next to Jalen Waddle as well. So when I look at that, I'm thinking, okay, is is there a potential for that to kind of equalize out a little bit this year? Could we see Tyreek Hill start to trail down a little bit? I'm not saying he's still not a top two or three wide receiver from a finish, like a 2023 finishing standpoint. But could you see that start to equalize a little bit to where now Jalen Waddle starts to creep up a little bit and maybe be poised to be the one in that offense in 2024. So could you see that start to creep up a little bit? That's kind of my hope, right? I'm I'm really excited for Jalen Waddle. I almost kind of hope to see that happen this year. And then the other one for me was seeing T. Higgins super high at 73% from a consistency standpoint made me pretty happy, right? It just solidified for me that even if he does stay in Cincinnati and they find a way to pay him, He's still worthy of being that top 10 to 15 wide receiver in dynasty rankings. So that just, you know, seeing these, it helped help me make some moves based on what I think some offensive changes are and whatnot. And, and luckily for me, because of my love for T Higgins, even though I'm a Browns fan, uh, helped me solidify that spot for him. Yeah, and you look at Cooper Cup down there with 89% and you look at what his value is right now. Like Cooper Cup is a... She's a screaming value in your leagues. And I know he's coming off an ACL injury. We just had this conversation uh, with the way they, they target him in that offense. It's really hard to see him not being a, a really good receiver this year. I think the only thing that concerns me with, with Cooper cup, and it is big is Matthew Stafford's health. And does he play all year? Cause if Matthew Stafford plays all year, then yeah, you could see a lot of the same. If he doesn't, and you got Stetson Bennett or somebody else out there, you just don't know. You don't know what it's going to look like, and and the quality of those targets typically will go down. And so that could be a struggle there. But 89% sticks out like a sore thumb, and uh, he only played nine games, and he still was wide receiver 24. (laughs) Yeah. The DJ Moore is the other one you can use, and unfortunately the preseason game that happened yesterday, and he had his – his screen pass that he took for a long touchdown. It's probably not an opportunity anymore, but you could use statistics like this to drive maybe a little bit of a value shift to be able to get DJ Moore on the cheap and say, Hey, look, DJ Moore, 53% consistent last season. You hope that increases with Justin Fields. So you can use all of these statistics in trade negotiations to try to drop his value a little bit, get him a little bit cheaper. So like I said, unfortunately, because of that preseason game, that's probably not the case anymore because the hype is real for him again. Uh, but, you know, this is the type of thing you can use in those trade negotiations and may help out a little bit. Yeah, and you look like – look at guys that had the, like the good games. There's a lot of those guys. Like those are your wide receiver threes and wide receiver twos. You know, you have Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin. Ten times they were in the good category. They don't have the upside. You know, they're not giving you a lot of wide receiver one performances, but they end up 10 times. You have Chris Olave eight times, Michael Pittman eight times, Chris Godwin eight times, DK Metcalf nine times. Very consistent. 
and then you look at the bus side and you're seeing guys like Adam Thielen busted 11 or 10 times last year. It's a rookie quarterback. Yep. You taking him or DJ Chark? DJ Shark. <laughs> uh, we got Tyler DJ Boyd. Shark. Tyler Boyd. Juju Smith-Schuster had the best quarterback in the league. He busted nine times. You know, um, eight, Gabe Davis, eight times. Zay Jones, nine times. So, like, those are that's what kills you. Those bust weeks are what kill you. And so you look at the end of the season rankings and say, wow, this guy was wide receiver 26, pretty good. Nine times he busted, 11 times, 10 times. Like, I'm out. I don't want that lineup headache. In best ball, fine. I just in head to head, you cannot have this line. These are guys are lineup headaches. Yeah, I do think you use that in some context, right? Because I can look at Chris Olave, right? Highlighted him. You see him 67% for the for those of you that are watching on YouTube. If you if you're listening on uh, you know, Apple or Spotify, make sure you you Hit that subscribe button. Yeah, man, I was hoping you'd be on cue with it. But either way, 67% with absolutely pathetic quarterback play. You hope that the addition of Derek Carr stabilizes that offense a little bit, and now you see a little bit of an uptick in consistency from Chris Olave. Garrett Wilson, 53%. That dude finished as the wide receiver 19 as a rookie, over 1,000 yards, with the mess that was the quarterback position in only 53%, and now you add Aaron Rodgers. That consistency can't get – Can that, could his consistency go down? I don't think so. Alan Lazard was 60% with Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah. you're, you're looking you're, – He's going to be way higher than that now. Garrett Wilson had four different quarterbacks last year. Chris Traveler. Mike White, Joe Flacco, and Zach Wilson. Just yep. no bueno. Um, and then you do have to take, like, we're not saying that you need to take these and copy and paste it to this year because nope. there are changes that are going to happen. Garrett Wilson is a prime example. Look at Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in the both finishing the top 20. They had Tom Brady last year. Yep. Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield are duking it out for the quarterback one. That's not good. Uh, yep. I just It's hard to see both of them finishing in the top 20 this year. Zay Jones, probably not going to be top 26 with with uh, what's his, uh, with Calvin Ridley in town. Yep. Yeah. Terry McLaurin's the, the other one to think through here, right? 65%. How do you feel about Sam Howe? Do you think Sam Howe is going to be better than Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, or do you think he's going to be worse? I think he's personally going to be a little bit better, but – do you think that Terry McLaurin's consistency is going to go up with the addition of Jahan Dott? There's a lot of factors that play into that. So does that make Terry McLaurin maybe a little bit of a sell? Because to me, I think he is a little bit of a sell right now. You can use this to say, hey, look how consistent Terry McLaurin was with terrible quarterback play last year. And you you make that move now for a guy that's really kind of already in his prime, even though he's been in the league for only a few years, and you get out from under him before that efficiency metric maybe starts to drop. They have another quarterback next year if Sam Howell doesn't pan out. Like, you can use these, and then what's happening with the team around them to make really good dynasty decisions. Yeah, and for me, like, I, I, I'm a more risk-adverse player. And so I 100% understand the point of shooting for upside because you want to win your league. But at the end of the day, 
I'm not I'm not Ricky Bobby. It's not if you're not first, you're last. Uh, second's good. Third is fine. I want to make the playoffs. And you're going to make the playoffs by having these guys that are just steady Eddie and, and you can ride them out. And of course, having a guy like Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, that'll put you over the top. But if you have these top heavy, these teams with all of these boomer bust players, then it's you're really putting yourself in there for, uh, you know, for some issues um, and not making the playoffs because there's so much inconsistent play. I love what you said about Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard is definitely a guy that I've been targeting in all my leagues as my like fifth or sixth receiver. I've always been an Alan Lazard guy, so I will say there's a little bit of like, you know, I've been, but like he's been good and he was good with Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. He missed four games and still had eight touchdowns last time he played with those two. Yep. And he blocks like a lineman. He's never going to leave the field. Like he's going to be out there a lot of snaps and Rodgers has a good connection with him. I think, uh, I think he could easily be the number two in targets behind Wilson. They paid him quite a bit of money. Yep. So I feel the same way about this guy right here. Again, if you're if you're on YouTube watching, you can see who I'm highlighting. But for those of you listening, it's Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Everybody thinks, oh my God, he had an absolutely horrific season last year. But he was 67% consistent. He had 10 games that were classified as good. So again, that's greater than eight and a half PPR points and half point PPR leagues from eight and a half all the way up to 17 and only five bus games in what was an absolute disaster for the Denver Broncos. So now insert Sean Payton, another year with Russell Wilson to build some rapport. There could be a chance for Cortland Sutton to see a spike in value. He is right now really, really really cheap. And if you don't take a chance on him, I think you're missing the opportunity to really have what I've talked about in the past. In those startup leagues, if you can hit in the 7 to 10 range, that's where the that's where you make your money. That's how you win championships is in that range. And Cortland Sutton, you might be able to get later than that and be able to plug him in as a consistent flex play and potentially have some really good upside if we see Russell Wilson being able to return to form with Sean Payton, call him plays in the offense. Yeah, and then you you look over at DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen, both those guys, they missed some games, so at the end of the year, it doesn't you know it doesn't look as um, good on the stat sheet. You go, oh, he's 42, and, and he's 47. This is exactly why I'm saying you do not use the end-of-the-year total to evaluate players. Look at that. 89 and 90%. Literally the two best in the entire in this entire sheet. And there's yeah. no one that's going to be better in there unless Brad lets somebody that played one game and had one good game sneak on the list like Matt Collins or something. I didn't. I didn't. Watch so, me scroll uh, down. There's a hundred and, and Matt Collins played a lot of games and did not did not uh do well. So yeah. let's move on to the tight ends. Uh, unless there's anyone else on that you want to talk about. No, no, I'm good. Corlin Sutton was the last one that I wanted to kind of throw out there a little bit. I really wanted to see Kelsey with just a hundred. I mean, he had one bus game. Did they not play? Probably. I think they played 17 games. 
Uh, did, they, did the Chiefs like play a half or something? I, we had to. We, we had to look <laughs> yeah, at that. I'm sure it was probably the last like, week of the season. Come on, like I took Kelsey one oh and at the five spot in a a, a super flex uh, poly playoff league, but there's a bunch of receiver bonuses, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna take Travis Kelsey. Hawkinson switched teams on us and still was 65. percent um, Taysom Hill, get out of here. Uh, Week 13 against the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Four four catches for 56 yards. Taysom Hill at at the five spot. It's just what's going on. Um, But you're looking at some of these guys where, like, uh, Higby, I thought would have been higher. Um, Not surprised by Jawan Johnson, even though I do think he's uh, like a poor man's version of Chig right now. Um, He's Pretty cheap going on tight end 20 in your redraft leagues. Dynasty's getting a little bit higher. I like him in that offense with Derek Carr. And uh he had he was definitely your boomer bust guy. Um, but you know, he had some good he had some good games last year. This is why. So so I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant real quick here. So, so Dynasty panel at the FF Expo, we had a couple guys that were talking about how in tight end premium you punt the tight end position. Luckily, there was one person on that panel that was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Look at this! Look, those guys right there. Eleven great games for Travis Kelsey." Five for George Kittle, five for Mark Andrews. Look at everybody else for great games. Zero, one, three, two, one, zero. Like that's the tight end landscape. If you can get one of those top four, even in a non tight end premium league, it is a massive advantage. A massive advantage. Not to mention an even greater advantage if it is tight end premium. So please. Please, please, if you're in a tight end premium startup dynasty draft, you have to evaluate. I'm not telling you you have to do it, but you should at least at a minimum evaluate what it looks like to take a tight end early. And you want to go get one of those big four right off the bat between Kelsey, Hawkinson, Kittle, and Andrews. Some people love some of these other ones, but those are the four right now that you really got to pay attention to. So, sorry, I just need to get that out. Now, and I'm I'm absolutely a early tight end guy. Um, I have two early picks, like yesterday and today. Took Mark Andrews in the second yesterday in my home league redraft, and I took uh, Travis Kelsey in the first round. Um, and both both leagues, I planned on taking Darren Waller in like the fifth or the sixth, but I just because like I'm just taking him. And so um, Darren <laughs> Waller still could happen. Yeah, I just probably. I think it's it's a massive value. I would put Waller up there as the next guy for this year. I think Ingram sees some you know some regression, um, but he's going to be probably a middle round, you know, middle round guy for you. Um, and if you have to punt the position, I would say you got to collect a few. And you're gonna have to play the streaming game and and just get hopefully get lucky and hit. But for me, I'm absolutely trying to get one of those top for me five guys because I'm putting Waller in there, and and then walking away from it. I just don't feel comfortable with you know um, spending because like Brad said, you get really good players in the seventh, eighth, ninth. 
I know you get really good players in the second and third. I get it. But I'd rather get one of the top end guys and that reach for tight end later because I feel like I have to fill the position, get a premier guy, and win your league. Yep. So the the one guy I want to talk about is Dallas Goddard here. He's currently coming off the board as uh, looks like around tight end seven is what I'm seeing right now. And that just seems like a screaming value for, for a guy that is 83% consistent at the tight end position. Right. Would you rather have Dallas Goddard, who granted it looks like finishes as number 12 here, or Cole Komet at number seven, who busted 11 times? Who do you think is better for your lineup? The one that finished higher or the one that's super consistent? So, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's a screaming value to me at the tight end position. So take a look at Dallas Goddard again, 83 percent consistent. Uh, and then he did miss a few games because of uh, of injury. So, yeah, and you got Zach Ertz down there was eighty percent news today that he's ready ready to play. Yep. And so that's that's that news snuck in there with all these other things. So if Ertz plays, um, that's not good for Trey McBride. Good for him. Um, but yeah, I uh, consistency is important. And so make sure you guys are looking at this stuff, um, Brad. I think we're. I think I'm good. I'm good, bud. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I didn't do this earlier. Hit that button. Make sure you guys hit that subscriber button. Um, if you have any questions for your drafts, please let us know. Um, shout out to uh, Sports Gaming Podcast Network for uh, all the stuff for the Fantasy Football Expo. They, they uh, host the party on Friday, a great party. And uh, Kramer and Andrew are doing a 24-hour best ball Potathon. They're going to be on YouTube, on podcast. They're going to be raising money for charity. 100% is going to go to charity. There's going to be some amazing prizes. Trophy Smacks donating. Uh, All 22s donating. There's a couple others. We got a lot of stuff going on there. Giving stuff away, raising money for charity. Make sure you subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network or the Sports Gambling Podcast um, YouTube as well. So appreciate you guys. We're only three weeks away from football, regular season football. Yeah. And as always, good luck this season. Cheers.